What is going on, all you beautiful people, and welcome back to our second ever Touchdowns to Home Runs podcast. I'm Noah, and on the other line with me right now, I got our friend on the channel. Everyone knows him, everyone loves him. Everybody give a warm welcome to Bernie Baskovic. Bernie, how are you doing today for our second podcast ever? And we're going to talk some MLB trade rumors today. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling good. This should be a very exciting MLB offseason. We're going to talk about in a sec, Francisco Lindor. We just got news today that the Indians want to trade him before the start of the MLB season. So this should be not only an exciting MLB offseason, but this should be a really exciting video. So I'm really excited to get going. Just before we get started on actually getting into all those MLB trade rumors and everything, because it is a very interesting topic right now. I know we just had the MLB season end. The Dodgers obviously won the championship during the whole COVID season because it was a shortened season. It took the MLB a while to get ready. But just before we get started in to getting into that guys if you haven't already definitely go subscribe to our youtube that's where this podcast is all based out of of our youtube channel touchdowns to home run so definitely go check us out there where you can watch all other clips from predictions to picks to talking about some big news stories and anything else sports that's all we love to talk about on this channel is sports and that's what we do on this podcast but that's also what we do on our youtube so don't forget to definitely check us out on youtube as well but now let's get into some of these trade rumors and bernie you already broke the ice on it a bit uh francisco lindor is a guy that's looking to be on the trading block just before next season and the indians want to shop him what do you think about this situation where do you think lindor can go and what do you think of like teams who do you think is in the hunt to get him right now yeah, well, I mean, for anybody who follows the MLB, I mean, Francisco Lindor is a household name. Um, for If you don't know, you're wondering why the Indians want to trade such a good player. He only has one more year on his contract. So in order for the Indians to get some value, they have to trade him right now. Quickly, let's go over the 2020 stats just before we go into some of the possible destinations. Um, obviously, shortened season this year, but eight home runs, 258 batting average. Um, Lindor has won two gold gloves. He's top, finished in the top of MVP for four straight years. I mean, this is just a fantastic player, definitely a household name. But I think the first... Um, team that is really interesting to look at for a possible destination is the Los Angeles Angels. And the Angels got Rendon last offseason, obviously have one of the best players, not only in the MLB now, but all time in Mike Trout. The Indians have never been able to add the starting pitching, and I think that has to be the first focus for the Angels this offseason, has to be their starting pitching. But I mean, with uh, Simmons as a free agent this year, the Angels have that hole at shortstop. And I think that Lindor could be a great way for the Angels to fix that hole. Yeah, like the Angels are a team that constantly had the pressure on them that they need to be a good team. Because like you said, it you have, as many think, the greatest baseball player of all time on your team. You just had Rendon last year. So they have definitely have the talent and everything to be a good team. Trout's only played one playoff game in his whole career, and he's a guy who's definitely looking to be able to get a ring at some point in his season uh, or some point of his career because if he wants to cement himself as the greatest baseball player ever, you're not going to get that title unless you win a World Series. So that's something that definitely, especially that the Angels just extended Trout on a massive contract uh, last year. They, they have... need to get better and everything. They need to be able to 
have the talent to the because in baseball you can't just have one guy carry a whole team that's not how baseball works you need to have depth on the whole on your pitching in your position players and everything to be able to win ball games and everything and make good playoff runs so that's definitely something that would be interesting for the angels to get if they are able to have trout lindor and rendon as three top stars on that team the angels are going to be in a pretty good position what I was going to add is that um, the Angels, I, I just pulled up their starting rotation really quickly so we could read it out. Um, Angels had nobody under a sub-3 ERA. They only had two guys under a sub-4 ERA. They tried to add a bit of depth pieces last time, uh, I mean, last offseason to the rotation. Andrew Heaney, Bundy, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, and Beria as well. I mean, it's not a great rotation. There's a few starters out there that I think that the Angels should definitely be in the market for. Um, Trevor Bauer, one of those guys. Um, but after they fix that starting pitching issue, yeah, I would definitely try to make that run for Lindor as well. Speaking of Trevor Bauer, let's get into him next. You see that he made a tweet uh, talking about how Toronto is a nice city and that could be a possible landing uh, situation for him. But we know that Trevor Bauer is a guy who loves to uh, have fun on social media and everything and really play with the fans. So do you think that that is actually a possible landing situation for the Jays? Because we all know they need starting pitching. They made good additions last year adding Ryu, but there's definitely room to grow in that Blue Jays pitching rotation. Do you think that Bauer coming to the Jays is an actual possibility, or is he just playing with the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays fans right now? Well, I'll tell you something. I think if the Jays wanted to, they have a shot. They cleared up. I think it was $9 million um, with no Chase Anderson on the roster next year. Um, I think they have a shot. I don't think it's going to happen. And to be honest, I don't know if Trevor Bauer is sort of that starting pitcher that we want to spend our money on. What a lot of people, a lot of people are looking at the 173 ERA he had in only 73 innings this year, but he was not very good. I think it was the second half of 2019. Trevor Bauer is still very unproven, in my opinion, for the contract he's going to get. I have it here projected four years, $128 million. I think he's a fantastic pitcher. I just think that because of the season that he had this year, and it was only the shortened season, I think he's going to be overpaid this year. So I would say the Jays do not go for him. I think that Bauer's a good player and everything, and he'd be great for the fan base because I know a lot of people. We have a friend um, named V who loves Trevor Bauer. He's a huge Trevor Bauer fan, but there's a bunch of people who love Bauer just because of the way he plays the game and what he does on social media and everything because he's a fun, exciting player. But along with that, I feel like adding him to the locker room where you have a bunch of young guys, and we've seen that he's had issues uh, with coaches and stuff before, like you saw why he got kicked off the Indians because after when he got pulled, he chucks the ball deep into center field over the fence. There's problems that also come along with Bauer. As good of a, a pitcher is he as he is, is that something that you want to do to the locker room right now, bring in a guy who has had trouble, trouble in the past and everything and tempt what you have right now, which in my opinion, the Blue Jays locker room right now is pretty good and I wouldn't want to temper with that. So is that something that you, uh, you think the Jays also have to factor into this decision whether to go for Trevor Bauer or not? I mean, I think that that's such a big thing for the Blue Jays because I think... Trevor Bauer, who's the most easily comparable guy that the Jays have had in the past, right? Marcus Stroman. And look at what yeah. happened when Stroman left the Blue Jays, right? How many issues it caused. I think that sort of, I don't know how to say it, like leaves some bad taste for the Blue Jays. They don't want to really go down that same path. Uh, 
I know that Bauer, like, again, people like him, probably like him more than Strowman as well, and Toronto fans would probably like him, but I think that's just asking for problems or potential problems that you just don't want to have. The guy that he reminds me of, the way he plays, not really what he does in the locker room and everything, is, like, Jason Grilly. You go back to, like, 2016 for the Jays and everything. After he gets a strikeout and everything, he's getting pumped. Trevor Bauer kind of does that same thing, so it makes sense why he's a fan favorite because he has fun and he plays the game with such an intensity that's just, like, contagious, really, that makes all fans fall in love with him. So that's a reason why Trevor Bauer is a huge... um, people pleaser and a reason that a lot of people like him is because he's good at the game and he also plays the game in a way that not many people do that is just fun to watch and everything another guy that I want to talk about is Marcelo Zuna now he comes over to the Braves last season from the Cardinals he is a really good outfielder and a really good player for the Braves this season he was over 300 in the regular season this year in batting Ozuna's a really good player. I think that the Braves can keep him out. I think he's a guy that you definitely want to stick around for the Braves because they had a really good roster this year, and it showed they were 3-1 up in the NLCS against the Dodgers. They just weren't able to hang on to that lead. But who knows? Maybe if they come out with one of those games that they lost, that they blew three in a row, they win the World Series because you saw the Dodgers beat them. And I think, in my opinion, the Braves have a better roster than the Rays. So Marcelo Zuna, definitely a guy that the Braves want to keep um, on their team, do you think that it's a good chance that he sticks with the Braves, or do you think that he goes elsewhere? Um, I think pro- uh, I'm 50-50 on it. I think the Braves are probably the most likely. One thing that I want to point out, though, is that the Jays were in the running last year. Marcelo Zuna signed with them on the qualifying offer, um, and if you don't know what that is, that's your one-year $18 million contract, so you know, when the Blue Jays needed a third outfielder last year, you're kind of hitting yourself saying, well, we could have had Marcelo Zuna for under $20 million, who's a guy who hit 18 home runs, a 338 batting average. Uh, I think another likely scenario, though, is the Washington Nationals. Um, this is a team who had a bit of a disappointing year last year after the World Series in 2019. Um, definitely in need of some bats in the middle of the lineup to protect Juan Soto. So I would say between Braves, Nationals, those are probably my two most likely scenarios. That'd be very interesting if he stays in the Division Two to play Atlanta still, especially on that Nationals team. If you have an outfield with Soto and Ozuna, that is a pretty dang good outfield. So if he goes to the Nationals, that will make the race in what, in my opinion, the best division in all of the MLB is that NL East division. So if he stays there, I think that that will make for a pretty interesting season. Another guy that uh, we want to talk about, a guy that we, because we're Blue Jays fans, we're from Toronto, a guy that we're very familiar with that's going to be on free agency this year is Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman was on the Mets the last couple seasons after being traded by the Jays to the Mets. Stroman is from New York. He loves the Yankees, so that's definitely going to be... I think if the Yankees offer him a good enough deal, I think he's a done deal to the Yankees because that's where he wants to go. That's his team. That's the team that he wanted to get traded to from the Jays. He wanted to go to the Yankees, but the Yankees made a statement that they just didn't need him for that season, even though that a lot of people thought that they would have needed the pitching to make a good playoff run. Do you think Stroman... Do you think that the Yankees will offer Stroman something that he'll like, or is Stroman going to end up staying with the Mets or going elsewhere in the MLB? Here's why I don't think Stroman goes to the Yankees. What's been the Yankees' problems for the past two years? 
injuries and yeah. Marcus Stroman being injured. I don't even know when the last time he honestly played a full season was. He was injured in 2019. Uh, he's been injured for a lot of years as well. The Yankees don't need the injury problems, in my opinion. And if they go in for a starting pitcher, um, I think they go for somebody bigger. But also with the Yankees, they get some people back in the rotation. For Marcus Stroman, I see him filling that hole for the Angels. Um, I, I think the Angels still need a number one. I don't think Stroman's that guy, but he would definitely, um, with the talent they have in that rotation right now, he would definitely be their number one pitcher. So I, I would say the Angels. Sticks with the Angels. So another guy that we want to talk about is a guy that played for the Phillies last year. He signed with the Phillies. Uh, big catcher, one of the best catchers in the whole MLB, a lot of people think. A guy that's really good with the bat is JT Real Muto. Now, last season, he batted for 266. His OBP was 349, only 11 home runs and six doubles for 46 hits. Now, this isn't a shortened season, but Real Muto obviously had bigger expectations than that. He's on the free agency block. Do you think that he stays in Philly or that another team, because we know catcher batting catchers that can hit right now is something that is very rare in the MLB right now. It's something that if you got a catcher that can hit really well, he's going to be golden. He's going to be asking for a lot of money and something that would be key for a lot of teams. So what do you think happens with JT Real Muto? All right, so here's the thing about Real Muto. Um, he, he's got the good bat. He's got the powers all there. But the big thing in 2019 was he really asserted himself as the best defensive catcher in baseball. He caught 47% of the runners who stole. That number dropped crazy this year. It dropped from 47% of runners he caught to only 25%. I still think he's going to get a massive contract, but I think his value is going to go down. I know Real Muto wanted a massive contract before, so that value is definitely going to go a bit down, although I still think Real Muto is one of the best catchers in baseball. Um, I could see him staying with the Phillies. I think there's a lot of different teams um, in the National League who need catchers, the Mets being one of those, but... Um, I think he probably stays with the Phillies. He doesn't get as much money as he wants, which is one of the reasons he stays in Philadelphia. But if not, then the New York Mets. Another guy, the guy from the Houston Astros, George Springer. Obviously, that team made a very good run, and he's one of the best outfielders in all of the MLB. Is he a guy that the Astros are going to be willing to pay to keep around and really keep that core lineup that they had in the World Series, even though that the whole asterisk uh, garbage box banging whatever you want to call it that whole scandal is that a team that the Astros are still going to want to keep around their uh, core of their World Series team and is that going to be something that the Astros are going to be willing to pay the money to keep around in George Springer yeah I mean the Astros struggled offensively this year and George Springer is one of the people who really turned that lineup around he had 14 home runs batted 265 which isn't great but he still had the power there um, he's a pretty good defender as well He's been top in MVP in three of the past four years, I'm pretty sure. The Astros need to do everything that they can to keep him. I think Houston pays him, and I think they pay him a pretty hefty amount. So, yeah, I think that he definitely stays uh, in Houston. Another guy, a guy who just won the World Series, another guy talking about guys who will stick around or they won't stick around, and another very interesting conversation is a guy in Justin Turner. He's been the corner man for the Dodgers for a while now and finally gets his first World Series. I know he just tested positive for COVID after the whole World Series celebration and everything. That was a big news piece, but he's also a free agent. That's a 
piece that really got looked over after the Dodgers won the World Series is that Justin Turner is a free agent next season. Do the Dodgers keep him around? Do they think that they have a good enough lineup where they're at and they could find someone else at third base? Because you still got lots of talent on that team and like Bellinger and Seager and tons of other guys, especially the pitching is very good. Is that someone that they're going to want to keep around, an older guy in Justin Turner, or do you think that uh, he goes somewhere elsewhere? This is a tough one. Um, Justin Turner's stats went down a bit this year. I, I mean, Justin Turner, though, he, he's so good, and he's proven that he's been good for quite a number of years now. Um, and the thing about does the Dodgers lineup necessarily need him? I mean, I don't necessarily think so. The Dodgers lineup is one of, if not the best lineups in baseball. I, I just think positionally it's really hard to replace. Um, and the Dodgers have the money to pay him. I don't think Turner's going to be that much anyways. Um, and even if they go for Bauer, uh, the Dodgers have the money to do it. So I, I think that Turner probably stays with the Dodgers. I think he's a really good locker room guy, too. He was a great guy to have in the locker room. It looks like he gets along with everyone from watching it on TV. Now, I'm not actually a Dodgers player. I'm not in that locker room all the time. But he looks like that he has fun with that team, and he's just a good guy to have around. So there's also that that you want to look in, a veteran leader on your team that you want to stick around. So I do think that the Dodgers should bring him back. He's a great player. One he thing I want to point out, though. Yep. Do you think that that locker room presence changes with the COVID? Because I know that, you know, if we look at some yeah. guys in the NBA, guys who have done stupid things, locker room generally doesn't like that. I mean, do you think that affects? Well, you obviously look at Rudy Gobert and what that happened all with the NBA. Like Donovan Mitchell wasn't too happy with them after because Donovan tested positive right after Ruby. uh like joked around with it and started touching all the mics in his interview and everything and then he's the guy who kind of started the big breakout in the NBA I remember that OKC jazz game where everything kind of blew up and like the world ended that day that was the day where like everything shut down the whole COVID situation it's tough because you know what it's like like we both have played baseball before Obviously, we're not going anywhere in baseball, but we know kind of what it has to take to even get a little sliver of a chance to be able to make the MLB. The amount of work that they put in, like we have friends and everything who are playing baseball 24-7 to have the like slightest chance of making the MLB. So you go, you work for this your whole life, you finally win a World Series and everything, and you're going to tell Turner that he can't go out and celebrate with his friends. I know he has a terrible illness and everything that you don't want to be spreading around, but that's the tough part it's because he's worked his whole life for this for this one moment and a lot of people are gonna say let him go celebrate and everything I know he probably should have had a mask on he definitely should have had a mask on or something like that but there's that part of he worked his whole life for this let him have that moment I want to know how the his teammates reacted to this whole situation I don't know they could have either been really mad about it because he did have one of the deadliest viruses that the world has ever witnessed or whatever and he could have spread that to each other or they could have been still high off of that win that the Dodgers just had him been like as long as we do what it takes as long as we don't spread it and we're all fine and we're able to we quarantine for the amount of time needed to be able to keep us from spreading it and everything it's it's a really tough topic to discuss whether the teammates, how they feel about it and everything. So honestly, I don't know. I feel like that there are two very different sides that could happen in the story. I feel like some people would be 
fine with it because they know he worked so hard to get to this point. Other people would be like, come on, man. Like, you have this virus that's been going around the last bunch of months and whatever, and now you're spreading it to me, and I could give that to my family, and I could give that to my parents, and so on and so on, and really affect some people. So it's a really tough topic. Honestly, I feel like that there would be people in that locker room that would feel either which way. So, yes, you'll have some of that in the locker room, but I feel like some people also be more okay with it than others. I mean, I, I think you hit on it because, like, if you think about it in our perspective, you know, like, obviously we never won our provincial tournament, uh, the no. OBAs, right? And if we were with the team for so long, I mean, I'm just trying to think, you know, would how I would be feeling. Like, we played for so long and we would definitely want to – be out there with our friends with our teammates and i mean turner's been on the dodgers for seven years i believe so he's been there for a long time so i mean i don't blame him in that sense i just think it was a bit selfish the part about him kissing his wife for sure yeah um was definitely not not thing because he knew he had it he got pulled in the middle of that game so i mean probably just high on the emotions just a stupid thing he did at the time but i mean i, I don't really blame him for it it's tough because, like, you know, when we played and everything, even when we just won, like, some small tournament, yeah, you I mean, play we baseball so, so long, like, the whole summer, you're with your team, you're the whole winter practicing and everything, especially in the MLB. Like, all these guys talk about how they're, like, this team or whatever is basically their family. Like, they see this team more than they see their own family. you're with them 162 because, games, right? Yeah, 162 games in a regular season, and then off-season spring trading and everything – you're with this team like every single day. You're with these guys every single day. You're working your butt off every single day to even have a chance to just make the playoffs and then make the World Series to win it all. And when you give that amount of time to be able to do that in the World Series, I know there definitely should have been some more precautions taken by Justin Turner, but I think that him going out and celebrating should definitely be allowed. But doing it without a mask and kissing his wife and everything like that, that's where you get into those like eerie waters where it's like you gotta be smarter than that for sure i think there's a few more of some bigger free agents i want to get to some starting pitchers in a second but one guy that i want to talk about is michael brantley and michael brantley is a guy who doesn't have necessarily a ton of power um i think his most home runs in a career is right around 20 or 22 uh, which would have been set last year. But Michael Brantley is so good at hitting for average OBP. He's a guy that you want at the top of your lineup for sure. Um, and he's a guy that is probably going to make that Houston lineup a bit worse now that he's leaving. He was one of those guys, again, I was saying before, the Astros lineup had some struggles last year, almost missed the playoffs because of it. But Michael Brantley is another guy who could be on the move. And unlike Springer, I think he leaves Houston. I mean, do you have any predictions of where he should go? I mean, he's a good player. He his hit he hit over 300 this year in the shortened season exactly 300. He had a 364 OBP. I think that he's a guy that the Astros lose right now, and there's a ton of teams that are looking for outfielders. I don't know exactly where he'd go yet because there's so many teams, but I do think that he leaves Houston and tries to find somewhere elsewhere for him to be one of those star players for that team. Um, just one other uh, really interesting stat. Um, in the past two seasons, he's got an 11.4 strikeout rate. 
um, which is the fourth best in the MLB over that period of time. So this is, you know, again, the guy that you want at the top of your lineup. He does exactly what you need him to do in terms of moving guys over, scoring the runs. Um, I think this is a guy that the Braves probably go and get. Um, I could see the Blue Jays potentially targeting him, although I think he might be a little bit pricey. Um, Nationals, again, um, if they still need that outfielder, they need the protection for Juan Soto in that lineup. I think those are probably the three most likely options. There's a bunch of other teams as well. I think a whole bunch of teams are going to be in the mix for Michael Brantley, but uh, my guess would probably be Braves or Nationals. Well, you got the Blue Jays, who's a team that is a very young team. And to get a more veteran guy in Brantley, I think that that could help the locker room, especially a guy that made the World Series multiple times, even though you might have mixed emotions about how they he made it there. He still made the World Series. He still has that ring. He still has the experience of what it's like to go through a playoff. So I feel like that that's something that could really help the Blue Jays locker room and really help them make that push for a playoff spot because the Jays did make a, the playoffs this year. Obviously, they losing the first two games so they're going to want a more experience on how to win playoff games and I feel like Brantley could um, add to that but you're right on about the Braves and everything especially if the Braves lose Ozuna the, he's definitely going to be a guy that the Braves are going to be looking at other than that another guy starting pitcher like you said you wanted to get into some starting pitchers what about a guy in Jake Uterizzi for the Twins where do you think he goes next season and how do you think he impacts that team I mean this is the guy that the Blue Jays definitely know. Um, he's played on Minnesota the past couple years, but um, Tampa Bay for quite a bit of the uh, uh, for quite a bit of the beginning part of his career. So definitely a guy that the Blue Jays know. Um, he's a quality starting pitcher. Um, I could see the Blue Jays getting him. Mean, he did not pitch much at all this year, but um, last year got a lot of innings in. He's a guy who sits around 170-ish innings, and he'll be decent enough for you. He'll give you quality innings. Um, as for where to go, yeah, I could see the Blue Jays getting him. Um, they lose Chase Anderson. They weren't deep in the bottom part of the rotation last year. The injuries, you know, with Shoemaker. Um, I could definitely see him being around the Jays' three-starter next year if you put Pearson up in the rotation as well with Ryu. Yeah, the Jays are definitely going to be looking for starting pitching. Like, that's been the emphasis on the team for a while now. Like, the Jays, the rotation hasn't been the real strength of the Jays going into a season for a long, long time. So I feel like that's something that the Jays are definitely got to, are going to work on this season. And I feel like Jake Uderizzi would be a great guy uh, for that role. Any other players? Like, we've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot of the players. Is there anyone else you want to touch on before we close up here? Is there any other players or any, just anything else about this up upcoming MLB season that you think is interesting that we should touch on before we wrap this up? Yeah, I had a few points. Just one more player that I quickly did want to cover. Uh, Marcus Simeon uh, is a free agent, uh, the shortstop for the Oakland Athletics. Not a fantastic season this season. Um, with a 223 average, but third finish last year in the AL MVP. He's a guy who put up over 30 home runs. Uh, when he gets that average up, gets the OBP uh, higher than it was this year, he's a guy who can be very productive. He was not good before defensively, but he's definitely improved to being average or above average defensively now. So uh, Marcus Simeon's definitely a guy who could be a quality player on the middle part of the infield. Um, if the Angels, again, lost um, Simmons, I could see... Uh, Marcus Simeon going to the Angels and then Simmons going to the Yankees to replace DJ LeMayhew after that. So kind of all of these middle infielders, a lot of guys who are really, really similar players as well at the plate. I could see them all moving around. 
Yeah, definitely. Lots of middle infielders in this free agency market and lots of good quality players. So that's all for our episode today. Thank you so much for you guys listening in. We really appreciate it. Again, like we said, definitely go check us out on YouTube. We're launching our store and website soon, so definitely stay tuned for that coming up. Anything else, we'd love to hear from you guys. Drop a review on wherever you're listening to this podcast on. We'd love to hear from you and what you guys want to listen to or whatever. And Bertie, do you have any closing remarks before we say goodbye to these people and until our next episode, which we got to still figure out what we're going to talk about. I'm pretty sure next Tuesday, we're going to cover every Tuesday or Wednesday uh, what's happened in football for the weekend, college and NFL. But Bernie, what do you have to say to these people before we let them go? Yeah, I just wanted to say um, that the podcast can be found on Spotify and on iTunes, right, Noah? Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, okay. And also the website should be up right around the end of the week, hopefully by Sunday, right around there, it'll be able to be accessed. So just keep an eye out for that. That gives you all the updates for touchdowns to home runs and all the links um, to our content as well. Also, just for the podcast, again, like Noah was saying, on Wednesdays, we'll probably do an NFL and um, college college predictions and um, sort of post-game, I guess, from the past weekend and also look ahead to the next week. And then sort of on Fridays or Saturdays, we're trying to look to drop sort of other topics. Um, so not necessarily news or the scores, but just anything that's sort of happening in the sports world, we kind of want to talk about those. So if you guys have any ideas or you guys want us to cover a topic or a story or talk about anything in particular, just make sure to drop it down in comments on YouTube or, or any of those platforms. Yes, sir, indeed. It was a great show today. Thank you guys so much for coming and listening to us. We appreciate it, and we appreciate all the support and love that you guys give us. But until next time, until our next podcast, thank you for watching, and definitely stick around and listen in next time. And peace.